fairly certain I liked it because I do now. So, you know, like while Brick Wall called my mom a bitch or something, Mind Reader baked her cookies. Like, it just has a good vibe. <laughs> 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 what just The happened? things you think of. with greatness and it's strange you don't even know how you feel it's adorable <gasps> yeah i was singing you're welcome by maui aka Dwayne the rock johnson because you're welcome for this episode of the mosh pit podcast i'm your putty pal michelle and get ready for the amount of times i am going to say you're welcome this episode like right now because you're welcome for introducing my lovely co-hosts to you brianne and kelly what is up ladies i feel like we should have a counter like a little thing after every time (laughs) someone says you're welcome during this episode or at least we need to count it at the end and like just put it in the episode notes or something ridiculous we need to report out on it we're gonna have some apis and some metrics for you after this episode (laughs) number of your welcomes all right the business speak that just came out right over there yeah everyone made fun of me for fucking saying diversify but yet kelly's throwing out like legit business terms that i don't even know what the fuck they are and kpis are key poor um let me say that (laughs) key performance indicators Uh, i work in tv so i don't know these things gotta diversify (laughs) brie which just made me spit my coffee out so in case uh you guys didn't realize why we're saying you're welcome over and over it is you're welcome day and we're gonna be doing our signature track by track review of you're welcome by a day to remember because it just came out fucking finally are you both ready for today i think so like (laughs) i think i think the line in maui's song that literally says uh you don't even know how you feel it's adorable is like the perfect way to describe this album like i don't know how i feel <laughs> oh, we're gonna have to figure that out <laughs> if we're gonna do a track by track <laughs> all right so that is what is on the docket that also feels very corporate speak it docket. does sound very corporate today on our agenda for for the mosh Pit podcast <laughs> all right folks i'm just gonna ping you about this later on uh, <laughs> i'll go ahead and share my screen now uh <laughs> Yes, we're going to get to that later on today, and um, it's going to get weird for sure. That, I think that's something that we can always say about our track by tracks. They're, they're going to get weird. I feel like you can say that about our show, period. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, especially like all the comparisons we like to make, you know, the pictures we like to paint. So, yeah, it's, your movie it's definitely review, Your movie review is in the middle of a song description. <laughs> yes, that too. Oh, I think I actually have one of those today. Me too. I definitely, I, I think I have a couple of them. You're rubbing off on me way too much. I am. <laughs> it only took 10 years. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, we'll get to that later on. But first, as always, music, music news. news. Okay. We've got lots of music news for you this week, as always. 
first piece is a little bit of a follow-up from last week. We mentioned this in passing, but we've got a little more information for you. So Water Parks has announced that they're releasing their new album, Greatest Hits, um, on May 21st, and it'll be their fourth uh, fourth album, and it's not, we said this last time, I think, but it's not actually their greatest hits. That's just the name of the album. But they did release one single so far called Snow Globe, and it's very interesting and different. <laughs> it, it starts off with, like, with some piano and then goes into kind of like a more synthy electro pop type song um with of course austin's like typical kind of like rap singing or like fast talk singing um his kind of you know signature and there was an interview that austin did with kerrang and he said they definitely experimented a lot on this album but they are very proud of it um and some of the quotes from this interview just give you i think it paints a really good picture of like what is coming our way and he said it's different a couple of people have been like man i'm nervous some of this stuff's really weird other people are like holy fuck this is by far the best and it's for sure the most experimental so far but he's basically like no one's like okay like this is fine like no one's in the middle on it apparently that's heard it so far you're either like what is this or this is my favorite so he thinks it's going to be an album that maybe divides their fans or divides you know um people that are listening to it but um yeah so that that was kind of his take on what people should expect for for this upcoming album so honestly that gets me a little bit excited because i'm interested to see you know, how we're all going to react to it. We love a controversy. Yeah, for sure. And, I mean, I'm definitely going to listen, even though, you know, I, I, I think I'm uh, hot and cold on water parks. So it'll be interesting what uh, I feel this time What around. side you fall on. <laughs> yes. Um, next in music news, um, there's a new virtual performance challenge uh, coming to the interwebs. The Sing It Forward competition is a new virtual vocal challenge to find tomorrow's stars and help youth affected by mental illness by benefiting the National Alliance for Mental Illness. Mm-hmm. Um, this popped up in All Time Low's uh, stories on Instagram, and I looked into it, and Alex and Jack are actually going to be mentors for some of the semifinalists. So cool. Yeah, so they're going to be helping coach, like, the youth, or the youths. Um, (laughs) As Michelle likes to say. Yes, but the the grand prize is, like, pretty fucking baller. So, you get a one-on-one Zoom call with Atlantic Records president of A&R, Berkeley College of Music Summer Session Scholarship, performance on Cover Nation's YouTube and TikTok live, a $1,000 gift card, and one year of global music distribution on Spotify, Apple, TikTok, etc. So, like, all of those fees paid for. I wish I was musically talented so I can, like, participate. (laughs) Right? Yeah. There was was a bunch of different people who are mentors, and then there's judges and stuff, but I'm going to be completely honest, I did not recognize any of them. But Alex and Jack. (laughs) Yeah. All that matters is that our boys are in there, and they're going to be helping Doing good. Yeah. 
going to be helping people, which it, it's nice because they were also a uh, big help with um, a five seconds. Summer. They were, you know, yes. mentoring them, like not officially, but like a little bit. So it's good to see that they're going to put their spin on things and help out with uh, with the, the future of the scene, if you will. Yes. And uh, the future of the scene, it will change uh, because, you know, as we've talked about before, um, digital is super important for a lot of bands these days. And Billboard Charts is now going to count Facebook music video streams in their calculations. So starting March 27th, the charts will include the Facebook music video streams. And I think that's big for bands in our scene because, you know, they're not getting radio play. They're not, you know, so, but the, most of their stuff is all online, the the, the streaming and the, the attention. So um, that's going to be fantastic. And it's because it's the most noticeable push for digital music since 2013 when they included YouTube video streams. So they're, they're really expanding this towards digital and that's going to help out so many bands. Well, that's the other thing too, is that like a lot of, a lot of getting on the radio is who you know, who your manager knows, all that kind of stuff. It's not so much anymore of like, oh, this is good, I'm gonna put it on the radio. And, you know, all time low, you could argue the song with Demi, Monsters, um, it blew up on, you know, Facebook, or not Facebook, um, YouTube first, and then they did the cover with Demi, and Demi's, like, like, addition kind of helped it get on the radio. It, well, mainstream radio, I should say. The original Monsters was on alternative radio for a while. But I feel like that is a perfect example of how, you know, YouTube leads to the radio, which Facebook leads to YouTube leads to, you know what I mean? Like, I feel like there's a progression. And this will only help people who are lesser known be discovered. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Because, like, as much as, like, you know, the top artists are always going to be on top just because... You know, they're getting the, their Facebook music streams, their YouTube music streams, like music videos get tons of numbers. Also, this is still going to push, add in everything else for these smaller artists. So that's just kind of what we got for, you know, general music news. So let's get back on our bullshit and talk about new music. Um, new song by Magnolia Park, Back on My Bullshit. <laughs> uh, it was just released it, This is another band I found on TikTok um, So I was scrolling through Punk Talk And I hear the <laughs> chorus And see some dudes rocking out in a skate park So, I mean, you've caught my attention When you do that kind of shit Like, how am I supposed to resist a pop punk video Set in a skate park? Like, come on So naturally, I went to listen to the full song um, The it, So it's funny, the intro almost gave me like a, a rock vitamin string quartet vibe like if bridgerton was emo that's kind of what i felt when i heard that intro and then you know it went that into, is just like, this... such a picture to think about i'm sorry like what? You just picture the main guy from bridgerton with like the emo eyeliner, eyeliner. oh my oh god Oh my god! yes oh my. i mean even he's, hotter he is sexy to begin with but oof. Mm. with eyeliner mm. oh my god and then can you just imagine like all the like beautiful dresses like emoed out like in blacks and grays and oh i want i want emo bridgerton now oh my god even if it's just like a youtube parody i need like one episode of it at least (laughs) oh my god yes okay anyways (laughs) after that intro it really went into like this mix of that's a little bit more pop punk in the vocals with this emo rap vibe a little bit you know that we know is a thing in the scene right now um but then it really went full send into the pop punk with that 
chorus that was just catchy as fuck. And that just sold me on the song. Uh, then and the first time I heard it. Um, and you, you guys know I have, like, mixed feelings on the whole emo rap trend. But um, but since the, the emo rap element here was that, that feature from the rapper Jake Hill, um, instead of coming from Magnolia Park, I think it worked and blended well with the pop punk of it all. You know, because it, it, it was subtle. Like, the percussions during those parts didn't feel so rap-like, and it transitioned kind of flawlessly to the pop-punk heavy-hitting. You know, I honestly, I've lo- liked tons of new music in recent years. Like, legit lauded songs. But this is the first time I think that a song has gotten, like, really inside my soul since Waster's Identity Crisis. It, it's hard to put into words, but I know all of you moshers will understand. Um, like, this is a song that I'm just going to feel for years to come you know like it's 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 a song that i'm going to remember when i hear it i'm gonna remember the first time i heard it you know and the feelings i felt that kind of song that's yeah you know a song's good when it like makes you remember a moment or like you know feel something that deeply um Mm -hmm. i think you know what i loved about this song was the fact that like it combined I, so many different elements like that I love about pop punk, but also like traditional pop, like things that I love about pop and things that I like a, about rap, like all of these like different elements kind of like collided in this song. And there was just so much going on. Like it was interesting. Like the whole thing was interesting. Like there wasn't a moment where you're like tuning out or you're bored or like, you're starting to like do something else and like get distracted like you don't there's so much going on that it just keeps you jamming the entire almost three minutes like it's the production and like how the song was mixed is really good and like yeah all of those different like interesting elements combined together just created something that like makes you listen (laughs) you know what I mean yes that was like the one like takeaway I had from it too like I mean, going into this song, naming a song back on my bullshit, I'm like, I love oh, it. let's go. That's, like, and instantly, it, like, my anthem. <laughs> and, like, oh, really, though? Uh, and then, like, literally, that's the first line of the song. And I was just like, okay, I'm here for this. I love it. And then it helps that the song itself is just amazing. Like, like Kelly yeah. said, you cannot, like, tune out to it. It's not something that you will be able to put on in the background and just, like, work like you're gonna be singing, you're going to be want to bop your head along to it. It was it was solid. I'm a fan. Totally. Next song that we have for you on music news is from The Offspring, "Let the Bad Times Roll." And yes. so, like, this is good. Like, it's a good song. I <laughs> literally though, like, I couldn't tell if this was New Offspring or if this was a song off Rise and Fall, Rage and Grace from. 2008 like I it sounds so similar to me like I don't you know we talk a lot about bands that like completely like upend their roots and like change how they sound and all this stuff um I don't feel like the offspring did that at least you know from what I know of them this was you know pretty classic offspring but it was amazing like I liked it either way but they're definitely like to me an original influencer of the scene kind of like we you know say blink is you know one of the fathers of pop punk i think you know 
before that there was the offspring. Um, and they've still definitely got a lot of talent today. And this one in particular has a super catchy chorus and it's a really fun cadence of the lyrics that make me like want to shimmy my shoulders and just dance along to it. So big fan. I like it. Definitely agree. Like I was legit berated by my boyfriend, Nick, for not talking about this song last week on the show. <laughs> and like, I, I get it. Cause you know, this is the first single title track, no less of off their upcoming new album, which first one in nine years. And I was like, Dang. chill, bro. We missed it. But now that I know it exists, like, do you think we're not going to talk about it? Because, like, Kelly, you said, this shit's a banger. Like, I can't say I, I know The Offspring's whole discography, but I can say that I've never heard an Offspring song I don't like. And Let the Bad Times Roll is no fucking exception. It's just got great punk vibes. And, you know, they've been they've been writing this album over the last few years. And it's a commentary on the state of the United States which we all know is a major shit shit show. So this song is just totally apropos to the mood these days if you're unlucky enough to be a U.S. citizen. Um, but yeah, no, a fucking fantastic song. The song is so fucking good. Uh, I understand why Nick was so mad at us uh, that we didn't talk <laughs> about it. But also, like, he doesn't really listen to the same music as us. Like, not, like, like similar, but not the same, right? Like, I'm not making that up. Yeah, I mean, he, he'll listen to some stuff. But... But, like, the generic pop punk, he's like, no fucking way. Yeah, so I didn't even... I mean, he's a good boyfriend then, because he listens to our show. I figured, because he doesn't like our music, he just wouldn't listen to the show. I mean, I think... Mm -hmm. I don't even know if Slayton listens, to be quite honest. Um, <laughs> this is a test. We'll find out if he listens, if he calls me out on this. Um, <laughs> anywho, enough about the men. Um, the scream going into the bridge. <sighs> So tasty. Nom nom nom. <laughs> yes. Chef's kiss. All of it. Uh, it was, oh my god. It just, it was so good. Like, I'm so excited that they're making music again, and I'm so excited to see what comes next. Like, I'm here for, for sure. It. That album is absolutely going on our track by track. For sure. Next up on the agenda is Doll Skin releasing a track called Control Freak. I'm very torn about this, because... I love her voice. It's so powerful in the second half of the song. But I feel like in the first half, you can't really hear her. Like, there's something wrong with the mixing in the first half. I don't know. Maybe it's just me. But, love the song. Uh, it, it was definitely, you know, a strong, like, the, 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 the only word that's coming to my mind is, like, the texture of her voice. Not obviously the right word at all, but, like. <laughs> <laughs> but I get what you're saying. You know? It's it just so, it's so unique, and it's nice to hear, uh, you know, a lead singer at, that's a, a woman. You know, we're trying to get more of those types of bands out there into the scene, and uh, yeah, I definitely want to explore more of their stuff. Yeah, no, I, so I've actually seen Dollskin a couple of times, purely by accident, because they were opening for other bands, um, and, you know, there's no denying that they're incredibly talented, but I was never able to really get into them. Um I don't know if it was just because I wasn't into their music or because I na never gave them a proper chance. Um, but at any rate, I'm definitely going to do a Dollskin deep dive after this because this song is spectacular um, with some really heavy guitars and some really raw vocals. I I don't know if I agree with you on the mixing. I mean, I, th there might be something to it, but I didn't struggle with that because um, I, I thought they were really powerful and the message was powerful, too. To be quite honest, I was listening on my laptop, which 
throughout quarantine has taken a few spills onto the ground. So it just might be my computer uh, speaker suck. So mm -hmm. take my comment it, it, with a grain of salt. Yeah, I mean, there's something to that conversation that we had a while back, right, about bands put so much into producing songs and then we just listen mm -hmm. to them with like $10 earbuds. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I mean, I, I think that says something, right, to how it can affect your listening experience. Um, but, yeah, no, th this was a great song. The message was great. Like, you know, we talk about mental health a lot on the show and, you know, and the strong connection in the scene to, for those dealing with these issues. And I think this song definitely tackles that with the whole idea of needing to kind of control everything around you. Um, and I'm just a fan. And, you know, this is their first song, I think, uh, after the band went through a pretty major lineup change because two me band members uh left the band a couple of months ago so oh. this is uh yeah so this is mm. like uh definitely cool to see them releasing new music so soon after that yeah that's awesome the vocals are definitely like agree with both of you like vocals are so powerful like the kind that just like crawl into you and i feel like <laughs> the bridge in particular felt like almost haunting i don't know like Ooh, that's because, a good maybe because of like the contrast of you know like super powerful versus like now this more like I, I don't know haunting is the word that is coming to mind for me but um you know and then even more passion at the end it's just i'm kind of like unsure how i've slept on them for so long especially like you said Mish, how they opened up for so many bands that I like, you know, since like 2013. Um, so I don't know how I haven't come across them before. So I just need to hear more. And luckily they have three albums out. So I'll see you in a few hours. <laughs> <laughs> you guys can finish this up without me, right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, no. <laughs> Okay, okay, we need we'll we need Kelly later. Kelly we need you to be nice on the track by track because I don't know if either of us are going to be. Oof. Foreshadowing. Not even really foreshadowing. <laughs> it's more just because Michelle and I are usually the ones who are the tough critics, and Kelly's like everything is sunshine and rainbows. <laughs> yeah, no, Kelly, you definitely balances out. We can't can't lose you. <laughs> Kelly definitely brings up or usually is the one with the peace offering, right? Oh yes, she is. That's true. Yes. Yeah. So Youth Fountain released a new song called Peace Offering. And uh, that bridge, though, it just comes <laughs> in perfect. And then it chills out, like, just enough to make a bigger impact on the outro choruses. Like, I was just feeling this song. It's very reminiscent to me of, like, some of the pop punk that stood out to me in recent years. And, you know, there's a specific band that the vocals remind me of that I feel like I heard on the Pop Punk's Not Dead playlist. But... I also feel like Youth Fountain has been on that playlist before, and I, I feel like have. maybe I'm thinking of Youth Fountain, so <laughs> maybe Youth Fountain reminds me of Youth Fountain. That could be a possibility. <laughs> um, no, like Inception but, Youth Fountain? Yes. Incept Fountain. No, can't do it. No, Fountain <laughs> Fountain. Yes. Um, but real life, though, uh, the second half of the song sold me, and like upon repeat listens, I'm just digging the chorus. Like, the lyrics, like, if you pull the heartstrings closed in with clipped wings, I wouldn't be enough for anyone when I hate myself. Fucking solid. Yeah. That, that is definitely solid. I think, so, the song was a journey for me. So, <laughs> the, honestly, that 25-second instrumental, in, instrumental intro with, like, just guitar and drum melody was 
gold. It rose my serotonin levels or something and added just a lot of anticipation for me. I don't know what it was. It's not like it was one of those like super crazy upbeat intros or anything. It was, you know, it was kind of subdued a little bit, but it was perfectly long enough that it like served its purpose but didn't bore you I don't know I restarted the song literally three times in a row just so I could like get like I don't know anticipate the song it was so I really loved the intro I don't know what it was exactly about it but it just gave me like the right amount of anticipation for the song and like usually with long intros like I'm like all right like start it already like let's let's get into it I don't know but it was just uh, I love that and then the rest of the song also amazing like the thoughtful and, and personal lyrics had you know I thought a really good balance of like emotional softer verses and then like you know the pop punk like typical like passion in the chorus and the bridge and you know I've definitely said on this podcast before and talked about the fact that I'm always my own worst enemy and this song definitely makes me feel very seen they say (laughs) um peace offering doesn't mean anything when all I see are the insecurities making me my enemy that's like that's you uh, (laughs) like did you write this about me maybe it's I don't know it's a really good song musically and lyrically it's definitely like really introspective and, and thoughtful and just stop going last on songs that i love because you guys literally just covered everything um, <laughs> literally i just in caps have that bridge though ditto <laughs> like the guitar riff was so fucking good and the like you guys said that the huge changes between the hard and aggressive guitar to the slow and somber drop in the song was so awesome um, it was a great balance song that hooks you, mm. and it's very similar to, um, what was the other song that we mentioned earlier about how you, you weren't bored? The first uh, one, Magnolia uh, Mag- Park. Yeah. It's it's like that. It's one of those songs, like, you're not going to be able to tune out during it. It's so interesting. It kind of hooks you right from the beginning. You hang on. Yeah. Mm. Gets their, their claws into you. I love songs that do that. Yes. <laughs> I love songs that, like you know have the contrast between the bridge and the and the or not the bridge the verses and the chorus and like have that build up and the you know contrast of softer versus like you know more upbeat or heavier chorus Mm -hmm. yeah and next song we've got for you is from planet mercury it's called comatose and it's such a fun song it's got a really catchy chorus and it has some harmonies between the two vocalists that are really killer I was personally feeling some Green Day influence. I don't know if they would say that, ah, but it uh, I was maybe. kind of feeling a little Green Day influence. Um, and it was like the perfect level of upbeat for me in this moment that I was listening to it. And I would just love to dance to this at a show and I'm ready. And they, I read a little about them. They're from Massachusetts, which is really exciting because I feel like we don't hear a ton of pop punk bands from Massachusetts. So... I am excited about that, and I'm definitely going to seek them out for a show when that's allowed. Oh, yeah, definitely, because this just mm-hmm. it feels like an absolute party song that you, like, the type of party song that you'd, like, see in a 90s or 2000s teen movie, like, major main character music. Like, I'm picturing <laughs> myself in this montage. Ooh, we're getting a picture. I'm ready. Yes, yes, ready? So, picture me, right? Just hanging out, you know, montage. <laughs> The song's playing around in the background. 
you know, I'm running around in circles trying to fix the mess I've made with, you know, my convoluted plan, trying to get my high school crush to like me. Like, you know, we became, it's the whole, like, you know, like, we became besties and, like, I fucked it up somehow and now he hates me, so I have to fix it before, the, and you know he's the jock, right? You know, and, and then I'm, like, this cool, like, like little loser nerd. I'm basically, you know, like, uh, uh, she's all that. that This is, like, the, the <laughs> that's what it is. Um, but, no, so, like, you know, I have to fix it before the big ends of the year party where we're supposed to go together as friends, even though, you know, we were, like, truly, like, falling for each other. But now he's going with, like, his evil ex-girlfriend who's, like, beautiful and popular, and I'm, like, this, like, mousy little nothing. Uh, yeah, that's that's basically what this song is to me. And, you know, I really do need to start writing down all these movies, ideas that these songs inspire because <laughs> um, they're fantastic. But anyways, actually talking about the song itself. That was it, a journey. It a, yeah, <laughs> it has some really fun, punchy guitar riffs. And I really dig the, the backup vocals. And, you know, there's this dope instrumental section right before the last chorus where they really rail on the guitar. That was just definitely such a mosh moment and fucking loved it. <laughs> Mish, 100% agree with the movie call. I mean, I wasn't really getting that in-depth with it, but, like, I definitely <laughs> got that vibe of, like, early 2000s teen movie within, like, the first 30 seconds of the song. It was, like, really yeah. quick right off the bat. Honestly, it was giving me some simple plan vibes, so oh, very different from Green Day. Yes. Um, I might get yelled at for that comparison, but considering, like, we have very... I mean, not yelled at, but... Uh, Green Day and Simple Plan are very different. Very different. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I guess interpret as you will, listeners, and let us know what you think of this. Yeah, I mean, like, so we've, we said this all along, though. Like, when bands have such stark different influences, I feel like that makes it, you know, more interesting, too. And, like, maybe that's how they got something so cool. <laughs> Taking influences yep. like Green Day and Simple Plan and smashing them together. For sure. Wouldn't be mad about that. Mm-mm. Our next song is uh, Paperweight, <laughs> Whisper Games. Michelle, you're going to have to probably bump up oh that Oh my up. god, I was like, what are you doing? <laughs> I didn't connect it, I'm I was sorry. ASMR voice. I hope you all appreciate the ASMR voice. Um, they probably all fucking hate it, because I hate it too. Uh, <laughs> anyways, uh, Paperweight put out a song called Whisper Games. When I first started listening to it, I was like, ugh, this is another singer that his voice is a little whiny. But then, like, once the chorus hit, I was bopping along. I wasn't thinking anything about his voice. The gang vocals, like, the da 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 like, that whole part, yeah. I was just vibing. So, I need to start paying attention more to the song overall than to the singer. So, I am going to put myself on spot about, I'm going to try to do better. Because I really liked it. Yeah, Bray, you're, you're totally right. It's a bop. Because uh, it, it's, it's a bop. A, it's a bop. Uh, yeah, those. The, it was just really fun and upbeat. You know, the vocals actually kind of reminded me of Vic Fuentes from uh, oh. Pierce the Veil. And I, I, I Brie, do you kind of feel like he's a little bit whiny? So no, maybe that makes I sense. don't. No? That's what's funny. Oh, so, but now that you compare them, I get it. So maybe it's yeah. just maybe. I mean, it also depends on the mood. Because like I went back and yeah. listened to a couple songs that I said that the lead singer was whiny and I liked it. So just tons, yeah. depends on the mood but it depends it, yeah that is true music's subjective and it's even subjective to your own self <laughs> um but yeah i i yeah it was breathe the the vocables the da da da's that you said oh. the way you, the way you said it though you kind of said it like a uh a downfall of us all though you went like i did da, 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 da. <laughs> I, I did because i listened to it so much last night <laughs> Because that's not how these cool. vocables sound. I know, I know, it came out, and I was just like, we're just going to gloss right over that, that I get it wrong, it's fine. We are but, talking uh, about a day no. to remember today, so it, it just yep. it's seeping it was into just at the top of your head. into the brain. Yes. Yeah. 
No, but yeah, it was really good. And he, the again, the, this one had another instrumental section that was right before the end that was just awesome. Agreed. <coughs> bless you. Oh, bless you. <coughs> bless Thank you. you. Yeah, I think like Michelle, you said it's a uh, fun and upbeat song. Literally the same exact two words that I used: fun and upbeat. Like I feel like those two words really describe the feeling of this song, and it. You know, this one makes me feel really carefree, and I think the the da da das and the and the post chorus kind of influence that like carefree kind of feeling, mm-hmm. and I think maybe the high tone of his vocals kind of influence that for me too. But it reminded me of like had like some waster and with confidence and the energy that their mm-hmm. songs bring kind of reminded me of how I feel when I listen to those two bands and um. You know, it was also kind of a fun and relevant, you know, topical story behind the lyrics of how, influ- uh, you know, the influencers of today and the lies behind social media and things like that. Um, if you read the lyrics, it's kind of, you know, it's a more lightweight, uh, you know, fun, relevant story about, you know, how everyone lies on social media. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Absolutely. On that light note, <laughs> you, no, I, you might want to tell these uh, liars on social media just to shut up. <laughs> that was such a bad transition. <laughs> uh, so I'm here, for, uh, I'm here next, for it. Next individual single that uh, is new. That was a weird way to say that. that was- um, shut up by Tyler Posey featuring Femme and Travis Barker. So I love me some Tyler Posey as a human. He is just adorable. And um, he's just, from what I've seen of him in, like, interviews and stuff, he just seems like a good human. Um, Obviously don't know him, but whatever. Anyways, I've never really listened to him as a musician, but I'm digging it. Like, he can fucking wail. And I really loved the femme feature. Um, It just added, it it added another layer, right? And um, it was great. I mean, honestly, though, uh, which I'm not sure if it's, because it actually reminds me of it or if it's just like the connection my brain made it it reminded me of shut up by simple plan i mean i think you can guess why um but because the way the way the 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 shut the way the shut up was was like being sung in the song it was very much like it i don't know yeah i agree i think i mean so i was in i'm in the same boat as you like i didn't know tyler i didn't even know tyler posey same. Like, was a musician. I only know him as the Teen Wolf, but he can. I knew sing. he did like he did like stuff in bands with like other bands. Like, like I didn't. Like, I wasn't even. I was on, under a rock when it came to that. But he definitely can sing. He had his voice was like really soothing in the in the verses. But then once the choruses came in, he definitely does have kind of like a pop punk, you know, edge when yeah. when the energy picks up. It's really cool how different his voice is i thought in the chorus in the chorus verses in the verses um and you know the i agree the femme feature was cool and the harmonies were were a nice touch you always gotta love some male female harmonies so i thought that was a cool choice travis barker gets around y'all this is another (laughs) song that he's featured on like he must be so bored since Blink hasn't released anything since 2019, <laughs> but I so I guess that's why he's just like, please let me play drums on your song. 
But the beginning of the song, like, there's no drums, which I was vibing. And then I realized, wait a minute, hey, Travis Barker's supposed to be in the song. Where the fuck is he? And then all of a sudden you hear the countdown on the drumsticks and then he comes in and that's when, like, the crash comes. And I was like, <laughs> oh, let's fucking go! <laughs> and I was not disappointed. I loved this. Um, I have no idea who Tyler Posey is. I have no idea who Femme is, but they're awesome. I like them. Um... I love both of their voices together as well. Like, the quick screams and vocables and whatnot that happens throughout the song. Um, the song reminds me of Forget You by MGK and Halsey. Not okay. not musically, but, like, content-wise. Like, it's the same, like, yeah. couple fighting, you know, kind yeah. of a situation. So, um, but yeah, I, I really like the song. I was here for it. Uh, I definitely mm. put it on my playlist. <laughs> for sure. All right. So this this next one, it's not controversial, but it's it's something that we had debated about even bringing on here. But um, we the Kings released their EP Saga. Um, we talked about a couple songs before, and we've talked about our issues with Travis and my personal issues with Travis uh, and his you know political views and whatnot. I'm I'm actually surprised about how much I ended up liking it because all the songs they released as singles. I wasn't a huge fan of like there might be a like a song like a little bit part of it that I liked but like they picked the worst songs on the album to release as singles um <laughs> you know th- there's there's definitely bright spots like I really liked turn it up um it kind of reminds me of their earlier stuff a little bit more um the drums in these nights were solid like the double beat drums and this one's more of a guilty pleasure and I know we talked about how you know, we shouldn't have guilty pleasures, but uh, I really liked Love Me or Let Me Down. It's a very slow, somber song, but the meaning behind it is, like, you know, I've definitely been in that relationship where, you know, I I knew from the get-go that you were gonna, you know, either be the one or fuck my life up royally, so let's let's get it (laughs) over with. So, I mean, I'm very torn. I definitely think that people should give this a chance if you did like their older stuff, it's not going to be as good as their older stuff, but it's definitely not as bad as their singles were released. Um, so hopefully y'all can let us know how you feel about it, and uh, you know, not just me, because I don't know how often we'll be talking about We the Kings after this, but you know, we'll see. Yeah, feel that, and I mean, it sounds familiar, like basically just the singles being the shitty ones Um, because that's kind of how I feel about what's coming up. Are you welcome, track by track? (laughs) You're Welcome is a date from their seventh studio album, which was originally slated for release in November of 2019, but has finally been released to the world on March 5th, 2021. With five of the 14 tracks from Your Welcome already having been released as singles, fans got a taste of what they should expect for this album with the varied sound and evolution from traditional data member roots. Lead vocalist Jeremy McKinnon said the following about this new album. We took what we envisioned modern music to be and made a hybrid of who we were, who we are, and who we want to be. It took a lot of maneuvering to get it right, but we feel like we did. So, let's jump right into our track by track and see if we feel like they did. 
All right, first song on the album is Brick Wall. <laughs> we've, and we've talked about Brick Wall before because this was one of the uh, songs that we had listened to uh, as a single. And again, I'm just going to reiterate what I said. The only good part about this song is literally the phrase, we're headed for a brick wall, and then maybe the breakdown in the second half of the song, and that's about it. Uh, the timing of the words with the music is just unsettling, to say the very least. And it's it, it just, it's it's just disappointing. Yeah, my initial reaction to this was, what the fuck? They put this song as the opener. It just, it was a poor choice. Um, but as I listened to the album a few times, I'm like, okay, fine, I get it. Why it's like, you know, whatever. Um, still not sold on it, but it has grown on me enough to say I don't loathe it like I did before, like, because I legitimately loathed it. Yeah. Um, like, you know, I'll, I'll speak positively of, like, the intensity of it, the drums and the vocals, but there's just something intangible about this song that doesn't sit right with me. I'm not sure what it is. Like, maybe it talks shit about my mom in another life. I don't know. But I, I still can't get down with it, even if it is the tiniest bit better in the context of the album. Yeah, I also didn't love it when it came out <laughs> as a single, but I, I will say it it grew on me a decent amount from that first time listening to it. I'm still not a huge fan of a lot of the choices made in this song. Like the non-bridge? The, the non-bridge, and I mean, so the chorus, like... It, that line head for the brick wall literally the only that, good part like, that like is old school it's like, a little redeeming like it redeemed it a little bit for me and so i like you michelle i'm like trying to put my finger on like what about this just like i don't like and for me like it for me it started with the intro with the slow acoustic guitar strum with the like full bangs of the drum in the background and it just made me i think really unsettled like i was listening yeah. to that and i like just wanted uh i just wanted it to end you know what i mean like that mm -hmm. part and then the overall timing of the song with like things like that the the slow acoustic guitar strum with the big bangs of the drum just come off i feel like really disjointed to your ear like it just doesn't connect right in your brain or like your i don't know yeah that's kind of what i was saying about the lyrics like the lyrics like the timing of the lyrics doesn't match up with where you think it's gonna go and it just kind of is like oh no okay. yeah and like that's sometimes i feel like that can be a good thing and it like keep keeps it interesting whatever but i don't personally think that worked out super well for them on this song mm -mm. i the thing is though as much as i'm saying all of this i've gone back to listen to it a couple times and i think it's because of the chorus like i i feel like jeremy's like sing yell heading for the brick wall it, like i could just keep do like if that was the whole song just let's that, just keep it running that was the whole song <laughs> right like i could make that my ringtone and i would be a happy person like just it's, that little snippet it's good like, yeah 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 if you, if that piece was in a different song it'd be better <laughs> yes yeah. yes so next on the album we've got mind reader also was a single but it came out so long ago at this so point long. i don't even remember my initial reaction i don't um, either but fairly certain i liked it because i do now um so you know like while brick wall called my mom a bitch or something mind reader baked her cookies like it just has a good vibe <laughs> 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 what just the happened? things you think of 
<laughs> well, it's true though. Like it just has a good vibe. Like the flow of the song is good. You know, there there are points where it almost does get like too repetitive, but I think they time the switch-ups and the guitars perfectly where I'm right about to be like, okay, I get it. I'm laughing like you're supposed to know what you're thinking. Um, and then, okay, okay, yeah, yeah, cool. Like, this never comes easy. You're not my mind reader. Yeah, you're right. You're totally got it. Yep, good. <laughs> you know? <laughs> like, like it's almost like, oh, I'm over this already. But no, you get it. Like, the, the music just kind of switches it up enough for yeah. me to enjoy it. Yeah, I totally, I totally, totally agree. Um I, th- I mean, obviously, this one is much more pop influence and the softer vibe than traditional data remember, but I a more easy thought core. It, yeah, easy core. It was super catchy, though, and I've liked this one, you know, since it came out, and I've listened to it quite a bit since it was released as a single. Um, for me, this was one of those songs, like, when it was released, it was one of those songs that I felt like I would like it even more if I didn't know it was a day to remember, <laughs> like when it yeah. when it first came out. And it, I mean, it's very sing-alongy, which I I like about songs. So I don't. That's not a bad thing to me. I didn't feel so. I have some thoughts on like repetitive choruses for some other yeah. songs on this yeah. album. I didn't feel that with this one. Mostly, I think because of what you said mish about like the music kind of changing just enough and uh, mm-hmm. you know for each chorus the this the background music instrumentals like changed a little bit and just enough to the point where I didn't feel like I was listening to the same line or same chorus over and over and over again mm. yeah um I agree with the you know more pop influenced vibe of the song um I felt like in comparison to Brick Wall, this seemed more like a day to remember overall, just because it sounds like them, but that they're trying to expand their, you know, sound versus the other one was like two different bands smashed together. You know what I mean? Mm. Um, I feel like this is not too far off the wall, pun intended, uh, but you can <laughs> hear a difference with their newer sound. Um, I did like the gang vocals. In the second verse, the yeah. woos. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it was fine. I honestly don't remember what I said about this originally. I didn't even know it was a single, to be quite honest, until Kelly was like, "Yeah, we've already talked about this." I'm like, "Did we?" <laughs> so, uh, yeah. All right. Song number three is "Bloodsucker," and uh, the start of the song, I was like, "Who is singing?" Like, did my did my agreed? I was like, "Who the fuck is shuffle? this?" Like, did it just randomly shuffle? I didn't tell it to shuffle. Is this? I don't know. <laughs> I, I I was like, "This could not be Jeremy." I looked into the credits of the song to see if like who the singer was. I just I was startled. I did not know what was going on, and then. Um, the chorus brought it back for me a little bit. And Brie, what you just said about Brick Wall kind of feeling like two bands smushed together. Mm-hmm. I said the exact same thing for this song. The chorus and the verses almost sound like two separate two separate songs. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I liked the, the chorus, like, brought it back for me a little bit. But then that, like, electronic distortion kind of thingy on for the rest of your life, that part... Um, it was like a little startling for me I didn't love that but I've kind of I've gone back and listened to this one again a couple times too and I liked it 
it's one of the ones more. that like grew on me i liked it more and more each time i listened to it yeah so like kind of same for me because i went into this album expecting it to not be great so my same. first listen, so my first listen through i was almost looking for the bad right mm-hmm. and so this was the first song that i i listened to that i didn't already know so from the get-go i was like yep. like you said kelly like who the fuck is singing yeah <laughs> like i was just like not understanding and that just left a really bad taste in my mouth for the rest of the song so it wasn't until like really a few listens in that i was like oh okay we've got some vocables you know and i like my body was like rolling with that i was like okay okay like it was kind of like almost really sexy music like it's a song you can imagine like two people standing together very closely like and there being like massive sexual tension um you know because one of those people is like just super toxic um <laughs> aka the bloodsucker but anyway like little you know, is not wh- something that applies to your descriptions <laughs> <laughs> no but so for for me the intro threw me right on that first listen but afterwards i was like yeah okay this is a dope cool little intro that you know i think i thought it transitioned well into the i don't want to say typical a day to remember because it's not but more typical and that it's a little heavier and we we actually got jeremy's gritty vocals there versus Mm -hmm. whatever the fuck was going on at the beginning of the song (laughs) see i feel like that is going to be an overarching theme of like the whole album of like it's a day to remember adjacent it's not yeah. like typical a day to remember. There are a few songs that I'm like, ooh, okay, this yeah, is like nice. old school. But most <laughs> of it is like just off the mark where you're like, I can see it's a day to remember, but it's you know, um, the the opening is just I could not comprehend. But like honestly, even when I couldn't wrap my head around it, I really like this song like right off the bat. I think it's because my brain disassociated that this was a day to remember. Like. Right the gang vocals even that weird santana like guitar at the end of the song (laughs) like it was i liked it like it's not yeah it's not a day to remember but it was a it was a solid song i like you were able to separate the two i think you're okay with it i feel like half of the battle for me with this album is getting over the fact that they sound different now and like yeah we talk about it so often, like, how fast bands change and, like, the, you know, gradual change and what you know, it's – that was part of this whole listening experience for me was being able to separate it and, like, do I like this song as a song or do I like this as a data remember song or, like, where is that line of being able Absolutely. to separate, like, separate which, the two? Which that's I how feel I felt like, most of this album. Yeah, I was going to say that's, like, the overarching theme of this album is, like – what side of the line are they towing on? Are they towing across the line to their old stuff, or are they on the old side towing across the line to newer things? Mm-hmm. But one that is so far beyond the line is our next song, uh, Last Chance to Dance, Bad Friend. <sighs> I need to be in a crowd in the pit <laughs> for that breakdown. Yes. And mm. by in the pit, I mean, like, I'm gonna be... I'm too old and scared for that bullshit, so I'll be standing on the back of the pit with Kelly having a drink, like, waving to Michelle in the middle of the mosh pit. <laughs> but I, oh my god, holy shit, I felt like such a fucking rebel rocking out to this song. I'm like, this is, like, college and high school age Brienne just fucking going at it. I don't know. Uh, there's no words. There's no words other than this is what I was looking for for the entire album. So if you are looking for a day to remember song on this album that sounds most like their old shit, it is this one. Absolutely. Like, I just instantly like it. You're this, welcome, it had... everyone. <laughs> yeah, you're welcome. <laughs> you're welcome. 
Yeah, no, it just instant. It, it just had the most elements of the the heavy metal core that you know we were all told to expect in this album, and I think that's the thing is like, you know, it's fine that a uh, day to remember has changed their sound, but we were just told to expect older a day to remember that heavy sound that they've always had, and I don't think it's it's as prevalent as we expected it to be. But this song, who buddy, like that intro did not disappoint, and the rest of the song was just ugh, like I. I didn't look up the lyrics until much later. So um, I only caught what I could from the song initially, like being about a, ba- about a bad friend. And I think, you know, with the narrative of this song and it being like one of the, he- not one of, I think it is the heaviest song yeah. on the album. It's it's perfect because, you know, it's there. there's venom talking mm-hmm. about that bad friend. Like just certain lyrics like that, the, the twist the blade and don't pretend you ever knew me. And my favorite was the who's going to carry your casket oh when God. I'm gone. And it's all just so, yo, I'm angry. You fucked up. And and and, and when it's this heavy, that just works so well. I, same as you throughout the whole song, I kind of wasn't, I was so excited about the vibe of the song that it felt like old day to, a day to remember that I wasn't paying as much attention to the lyrics. And then the last, like, the outro comes in. I was like, oh, holy shit, no one will carry yes. your casket. I was like, that is probably, like, the most serious and extreme statement of hate. Like, you can't really yeah. say much worse about someone you think is a shitty person than, like, you're like so, you're gonna die alone you're basically. so shitty no one is gonna want to carry your casket oh my god i was like i uh, i didn't know what to do with myself um yeah especially but, being little rainbows and you know unicorns kelly oh like how oh, could like, you hate someone that much well, honestly i did think that i was like <laughs> wow like there is so much hate towards this person right now but um yeah i told i agree with both of you this the intro, like the the second the intro hits, I I was like, this is what we've been wanting. This is what we've been expecting. This is I'm it. Ready. This is the one. Give it to like, me. Literally, <laughs> I was sitting on my couch and, with my laptop on my lap, and I'm just kind of like, you know, relaxing, slumped back on the couch. The second that like opening <laughs> chord hit, I just like sat up and I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, kept going, and I was like, oh, rage, rage, fucking it. rage. Like that's oh my god, it was so I good. Know. Uh, I think so obviously this is the first song that has like a screaming breakdown right and mm -hmm. I so I love that I do but probably I have to say like my favorite thing about Jeremy's voice is like the in-between like in between like the rasp and and screaming like the the, like you were saying Michelle the gritty like raspy passionate like hoarseness of his voice like Like he's on the edge of screaming but not uh, like yeah that right on the precipice um it's just it's my favorite i love it and it comes through in this song so amazing um so that made this song even better for me Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so next up is fym track number five so first off i was like what's uh fym and i am embarrassed to say, it took me probably until the third listen to realize. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh Michelle, no. Um, but um, secondly, this song, again, I literally screamed out loud while driving, Who is singing? <laughs> yeah. uh, like, what the fuck? But, you know, once I got over that, 
I was like, yeah, okay, I dig this. Like, listen to those ooh-oohs and these chill little almost mm-hmm. beachy drum beats. And, you know, by that third listen, I was like, wait till I get some fuck you money. Because, <laughs> you know, that second verse hits hard <laughs> for someone who's so over the nine to five. Like, and y'all can tell the boss, fuck you, I resignate. Auto reply permanently on holiday. Take me off your chain. Like, it's so good. And, you know, Jeremy... <laughs> said it's this song's like about daydreaming of a time where you won't have to answer to anyone or do anything you don't want to do and he's like here's hoping we all get there and i'm like yeah bro me too i'm hoping too (laughs) um but you know i'll say that even after multiple listens i still don't know who's singing because this sounds nothing like my homie jay mckins and the song sounds nothing like my homies a day to remember and um that's why initially i was like what the fuck but you know like the other songs if you don't really think about Mm -hmm. it as a a day to remember song it's a catchy little bop yeah i totally agree it honestly this is like a dreamy electro pop track and you're like why why (laughs) what is happening so much confusion but i think at this point in the album i'm like okay like have zero expectations like just listen like open your ears whatever yeah um, so by the time this song came up, I was like, I had a feel like I had a pretty open mind about, you know, trying to, again, make that separation between comparison, co- comparing to their old stuff. Um, but I, I mean, I, it's hard not to sing along to it. Like it, it's kind of pop punk too. Like he wait yeah. till I get some fucking money. You know? It's like, <laughs> it's got like a pop punk vibe to the lyrics and, um, it definitely gets stuck in your head very easily. Oh for, yeah, definitely. I mean, it, this is one of the ones where like it's a, it is like a little sl- simplistic and repetitive. Yeah, you know, but but sometimes that's a good I don't thing. Know, like sometimes you need one of those. So <laughs> something that you can just sing along to really easily. Yeah. yeah. Um. So so this was like, I see. I'm a little bit different from Kelly. I going from going from the last song into this song i was like fuck yes we've hit the part of the album where all day to remember is gonna come back and then this happens and it was like screaming slamming on that break as hard as fucking possible from the last song to be fair i really like this song but in the context of the album i was like holy shit where the fuck are we did we just like transport to another universe but um i I like the lyrics uh, of the song. I do agree that the uh, it's very simplistic and whatnot, but it kind of reminds me of... Do you remember on Punko's Crunk, I think it was? The A today, baby, I got your money. Do you remember oh, that cover? Yeah. yeah. It reminds me of that for some reason. I obviously know that's a rap <laughs> song, but, like, it just... Th- that's, like, the vibe I was getting from the, like, you know, whatever. And until the second verse hit, I was kind of like, oh, it's just... You know, someone in our scene trying to be like, wait till I get my money, blah, blah, blah. And then it gets, gets like, a lot more angsty in the second verse. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I don't know. I I liked the melody, too. Um, and this is another one of the songs where if I separate that it's a, a day to remember, then I, li- then I like it. But trying to put it in that context, it's kind of hard. But this is, for me, Kelly, this is the song where I was like, okay, we're on a roller coaster. Whatever comes next, I'm here for it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Number six is called High Diving. And 
I, I did have, you know, a little more of an open mind at this point, but I really am just, like, not quite sure what this was. It was, like, Mm-mm. like indie, alt-pop. It felt like I should. it's more suited for, like, the beach or the pool than the Amash pit. Like, do I think it's a bad song? Like, not really. It's not awful. I just – I didn't feel like it – like fits very well in this album and like that's saying a lot because there's a huge range of stuff on this album and I still didn't really feel like it had a place in it but um I mean that's not really for me to say that's really whatever (laughs) them to decide but I've been good with a lot of the more poppy songs on this album because they still showcase I feel like Jeremy's passionate vocals and have some of the pop punk sometimes harder guitar and drums and that is what was lacking for me on this one too and I like I don't know I feel like I have a lot of feelings about this like I love I like all pop which is like so I should like this right but like it wasn't even like catchy for me so it was kind of forgettable I don't know I just I have a lot of feelings (laughs) I really liked this song you did yeah I think it might be more of the fact that I connected with it super lyrically. Okay. Like, talking about anxiety and, you know, all of that stuff and not letting things get to you and whatnot. So I feel mm-hmm. like, I feel like that might be why I liked it so much. Because, like, I was actually, it, it's usually hard for me to pay attention to the lyrics and the uh, music at the same time. So I try to do, you know, twice through. But this mm-hmm. one, I just kept, every time I heard the song, I just kept, like, the words almost were, like, playing, like, a lyric video in my head. And mm-hmm. I, I struggle a lot with anxiety and uh, other stuff, so I feel like this is going to be, like, in my back pocket for when I do have, like, an anxiety attack or, you know, some kind of whatever pop-up that I'm just gonna listen to it and be like, it's okay. It's gonna be fine. So We're good. It's not the greatest of songs musically, I agree, but I'm definitely gonna keep listening to it just for, like, the, the soothing effect, <laughs> if you will. Yeah. So, I was kind of in between both of you. Like, this song was initially another what the fuck for me. Like, um, it didn't really grow on me, even though I was singing along with it. Because I think, you know, it was just already weird for me to say the last song had some beachy little drum beats. But, like, like you literally, Kelly, you took the words out of my mouth. Like, I, I like it, the chorus is just so jarring. I never expected to actually hear a day to remember say when like life is a beach i'm high diving just like <laughs> what? uh and you know saying that though like the lyrics are quite good so i i totally get what you're saying brie like mm-hmm. i don't know it's just it, 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 i don't know like while it's just really completely different from other parts of the album i, I think it is another one of those that if you don't think of it as an a a day to remember song you'd appreciate it more because it, it like you said kel it's not even really mm-hmm. pop punk i don't know it, it pop rock pop indie i, I really don't know what to call it it's yeah. it's it's a it's definitely stands out in the album and I'm, I'm not sure if it's good or bad yeah i think i i, I do want to give it another chance and listen more to the lyrics because i don't think i i don't think i kind of heard a lot of those lyrics I guess the first time through the time when I started listening to the lyrics was in the bridge and then the bridge lyrics were so put up or shut up and so those were the first lyrics that I honed in on on this song and like the end of the bridge is so put up put up yeah I'm like what (laughs) (laughs) what just happened like literally what just happened um 
So I think I need to listen to the rest of the lyrics besides so put up or shut up um, <laughs> and give it another shot. Uh, okay. Well, next song on the album is Resentment. Um, apparently we've already talked about this one. I don't remember, but... I don't um, either. <laughs> Might have been a year ago. <laughs> cool. Well, uh, this was a hard turn from the poppy side that was high diving. Um, this is kind of more in line with, like, the Bloodsucker vibe, where it's a little bit more in line with their old stuff, but not as in line as, um, as Last Chance, Chance to Dance. Um, the breakdown in this song was so good. Uh, the lyrics also hit really hard with the pandemic, so the, uh conspiracy theory is coming out in me again that they started it especially because this was supposed to come out in 2019 so they were like new so this is even more Uh uh-huh specifically the lyrics no i can't stop feeling like every day is exactly the same with one tracked mine i don't think i can change like oh trapped in the memory stuck on replay like i realize that's probably about a relationship but also like life (laughs) life yeah that's that is the pandemic life hashtag pandemic life so I, uh, those lyrics I honed in on too, like, narratively, the song was so relatable, like, for someone who can get stuck in the past very easily, me, um, like, that, those lines are just so on point, um, but I don't necessarily, uh, agree that it's, like, kind of an in-between song, like, I, like I said, I don't remember listening to it either, uh, but I was into it from like that first resentment. Like yeah. this is like yeah. uh, for me, a, a, it was like a, a perfect a day to remember song. Like it goes flawlessly from the verses that spark to the wildfire of the chorus. <laughs> you guys, oh my god! <laughs> no, it, it it really did. It had a it had the perfect amount of screaming for me because, bro, that bridge was fire with a <sighs> Y, a major tiger eyes. <laughs> you saw what oh I did my there god. too. <laughs> I think uh, I think I'm kind of between you guys on you know the the comments you made, but I kind of felt like it was a good balance between old yeah. the data remember yeah. and new. Like it, it doesn't feel like this could be a song on one of their past albums. Like no. to me, it doesn't really feel like that. I, think I so. feel like it has enough new yeah I feeling that, like new modern modernized i don't know uh it's like a modernized version of something that could have been on one of their old albums but like i I felt like a good balance of the two to me like the the resentment screams like you said and the and the breakdown really made it something i think you know a day to remember fans are gonna like and i like lyrically for some reason i was like i was reading a lot on of people's comments and stuff on their Facebook posts and things like that. And I just kind of connected this to the the message of this song, like lyrically to how people sometimes like resent bands and not want them to change their sound. Ooh, um, meta. So I wonder <laughs> if they, if this is basically telling their fans to fuck off there, but yeah. I don't know. You know, I was, uh, I w- was reading their, their comments and people were I think very split about this I think some people some fans are really supportive and then a lot of other fans are like why did you do this and I think the people on the latter side of that argument like 
I think people do sometimes resent bands for like not putting out the same thing and you know not sticking to their traditional sound but um yeah so I kind of made that connection with the lyrics but who knows what it's actually about I mean that makes sense you know and because I think people definitely do resent it like I was having a conversation with my boyfriend the one day because he's like um we were talking about Weezer and he's like well if you're gonna do something that's just not Weezer why even release it as Weezer release it as a different band and I'm like no that doesn't make sense because they're still Weezer you know um and so yeah that's like if you change band members then yeah I can kind of see that like with Alex going to do Simple Creatures like it's a completely different band it's not you know that makes no sense yeah it's it's, sorry Nick it's definitely an interesting like concept to talk about but in terms of the song i don't know i i was i i'm definitely on the the one side I, i'm a huge fan of this one i don't think it was like such a major change i for me it was just one of the top songs on the album oh i agree that it was one of the top songs on the album it was it was just more of a like i don't think it's as old school that i remember as i think you do but which is fine mm-hmm. it tweets their own yep next song is looks like hell and i actually really like this one <laughs> um <laughs> I, again, I felt like it was, I mean, this is obviously very different from, from typical A Day to Remember, but I felt like it, like, had just, just a little bit of enough to get me through, and the chorus, though, in this one is particularly unique to me. It just, like, I, I haven't really heard anything like it, I feel like. The, the chorus, the, the doo-doo the doo-doo-doos mm-hmm. in the background mm-hmm. of the mm-hmm. chorus and like just the overall sound in the chorus felt like either like a James Bond movie or an old western or <laughs> something like that did you do you think did you think I, that too? I, so, I didn't know if I was coming out of left field with that no so for me those like it was like the da-da-da's right that, that yeah. were like in the intro and like throughout the song it, for me it was kind of spooky and it added this layer of what like looks uh, like hell really means and even the rest okay. of the song musically kind of gave that tone to me i thought someone was gonna like pull out the the guns from their <laughs> holster from their leather pockets the yeah. piano when it gave me major theme song from halloween vibes oh so okay. i went like horror movie like that kind of vibes of the music yeah. but i agree it's definitely out, like way different than anything i've heard Mm-hmm. yeah yeah no i think it's it's a really cool song very different like i mean again on the first listening through i was like what the fuck am i listening to but i think that's because i was expecting it to be bad so it was but like i said i i really enjoyed those little pieces um and like this the, this other part that i liked maybe a reach um but there was like these echoes in the verses that mm-hmm. very much mm-hmm. felt like an emo rap type component that they super subtly applied to the song um and maybe like i said maybe it's a reach but it's not necessarily what you expect from a day to remember but i i did love this song i so i i kind of had some of those same thoughts and it was also the the overlaid vocal harmonies it sounded like a softer like jeremy singing softer and then plus his voice more amped Mm -hmm. up like his yell yell singing voice overlaid Mm -hmm. on each other which was really cool and i think what made this song like they obviously experimented a decent amount on this song like it it is really unique and different but what made it work for me was i feel like it was really well produced like Mm. like it has to be well produced to have all those like different elements and like pull this off into what is i think a really good song um so i thought i don't know it's just really different and i 
Um, I'm a very big fan of this one. one might be my my favorite. Whoa, sure? that's a hot take. <laughs> no, I'm not sure. <laughs> um, well, Slayton would agree with you because uh, I was listening to this in our living room and he had just gotten back from picking up food and he just goes, huh, this is a good song. I'm like, okay, do you know okay. who it is? He's like, no. I'm like, nope. a day to remember? He's like, I've heard of them from rock bands. And I was like, oh. Okay. <laughs> oh, good. Cool. So uh, throughout this, you'll hear a little peppered in one-liners from my fiancé about his opinions on this album because I just <laughs> was drinking wine and thought it was funny to include him. So that's what we're going to That's The commentary on these songs are going to go real weird towards the end just because I bought a box of wine and that's where we, where we were last night. So. Okay. <laughs> All right. Speaking, speaking of drinking, uh, Michelle, next song? Ha! Yes, the next song is Viva La Mexico. And I it's very hard for me to say that because I want to say Viva La Mexico. And, yeah. <laughs> and it's very hard that for me to say that, how that, they that hard X. <laughs> but um, See, I just see Viva I, La and I just want to be like, Viva Las Vegas. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, God. <laughs> Uh, all right well okay viva la mexico obsessed with this from the start like the verses are questionable but those choruses for me are so a day to remember it hurts and it hurts so good like (laughs) the bridge and then for me the bridge was phenomenal like here in the moment i feel at home what it is to be young like we joke about being old but obviously turning 30 for me and brie this year we know we aren't but it sure does feel like it when those moments where quote unquote like the song says it feels good to lose some self-control are so few and far between these days like you know kind of going back to uh fuck you money and working a nine-to-five and living to work it it doesn't feel like I have um the freedom of my youth that I did in like let's say college and you know especially this past year with the Pandora's box um you know I've definitely felt trapped in memories stuck on repeat like it says in resentment like you know I was telling a friend recently I want to get like blackout and dance at a bar surrounded by stranger <laughs> and who at 30 fucking wants to do that like we know the hangover that follows and we don't want none of that so you know while this song is definitely written pre-pandemic I think it inadvertently speaks to a little of the loss of youth for a lot of us especially I'm sure those in their early 20s um so I I thought it was just a great fucking song like I it, it, it just spoke to me. I don't know. I, I, I was totally into it. I mean, uh, it, it's a party song. It's about partying. It's, yeah. I mean, I, I, and I think you kind of have to take it for what it is. Like, it is a little bit surface level. Like, they yeah. uh, they wrote it about a bachelor party that they went to in Mexico. Is that like, confirmed, though? I don't know. I just saw, read something on the internet about it. So, yes, it's 100% facts. Cause it's <laughs> on the internet. It must be true. <laughs> yeah, it was on the internet, so. Definitely, that is what happened. Yeah, um, I saw that too, but I wasn't sure if that was real. <laughs> oh yeah, totally. It's on the internet. Um, anyway, <laughs> you're I welcome. Think, so <laughs> you're welcome. <laughs> if you, the first time I listened to this, I didn't take it for what it was. I think I was like, "Wow, this is really surface level," and like, "Oh, why are they singing a song about partying?" And like, uh, I don't know. And then the second time. And time after that and time after that, because I kept listening to it because it was fun. Um, I liked it after that. And I think for me, I just, the chorus is really catchy and it's just, it's definitely not at all what I would ever expect from a day to remember. Like the absolute end of the spectrum of what I would expect from them. But 
I think if you take the song for what it is and you if you want like a fun party song, it's a good song. Mm. I feel like this is a day to remembers. I feel like dancing. Um, uh, uh, yeah. It's a mainstream it's like trying to be a mainstream party song. Mm-hmm. Like I just I don't like it. I didn't like it at all. The gang vocals were cool, but, like, other than that, it just, like, wasn't great. It kind of feels like they were trying too hard to add a song to an album that didn't need to be there. Like, it's 14 songs long, and it feels way longer than that. Also, what the fuck was that ending guitar screech note? Like, it was gross. Oh, yeah, that my, hurt It made a my bit. head hurt. Yeah, and, like, Slayton didn't like it either, so I'm not alone. <laughs> So, so you're not alone. <laughs> no, but, like, the entire time, both of us were just like, what the fuck is this? Like, it just, I, even, I maybe I'll go back and listen to it and try to take Kelly's advice of taking for what it is, but even, even just trying to take it for what it is in my memory, like, like I, I did not like it. Like, on the beach it. with a corona in your hand. Like, that yeah, would feel maybe, good, yeah. I feel like. I, I think, you know, also, you know, yeah, it, at surface level, it's a party song. But, like we've always said, I think music is subjective and, you know, you can interpret things differently. And Mm -hmm. I think in the context of the album, if you do kind of consider, you know, what some of the other songs are saying. And, you know, like I said, for me, like, I related it to a lot of the other songs and in in that, you know... it's a it's an aspect for me this like party song is an aspect of my life that that's been missing and you know mm-hmm. like i said i'm jokingly i want to get blackout i really don't because that sucks but i do want to go like you know have fun with my friends out and about and like you know yeah sure drinking but like i, I dance whatever like it, it and i think that kind of that's what that this song spoke to me i think you know the this conversation is like really telling about how subjective music is because like I, I I did end up liking this song but even you know maybe subconsciously Michelle I was thinking the same things that you were but I didn't overtly like connect this to you know I miss the seeing nostalgia. people I miss going on vacation I want to be somewhere yeah. tropical I want to you know have a drink in my hand at a bar I didn't connect yes. it to that in my head but maybe that's how the song made me feel and it made yeah. me feel like I was in one of those moments again. Yeah. So they, to build off of that, maybe that's the reason why I didn't like it, because I live in Florida, I go to the beach whenever I want kind of a thing. Like, it's the fucking wild, wild west down here, and while we are being <laughs> safe, like, I mean, I don't really have many friends down here, and that just got really emo. But <laughs> I'm, still, oh I'm still seeing, like, Slayton's family and all that stuff, because they're all vaccinated, and, yeah. like... I'm still seeing people versus, like, like a lot of other people are a lot more secluded, and I don't know, maybe my brain isn't in that, like, I need to get out thing. Like, don't get me wrong, I hate being in this fucking house, but because I do have the option of escaping, unlike a lot of people, but maybe that's why my brain was just like, no, yeah. fuck this song. Yeah, especially I think it could be different, because for me and Kelly, we've been suffering through, like, a really hard winter Hard winter, year. yeah. So, yeah. like, maybe that is why we connected. We're like, yeah, let's go party. Let's Take go to the beach. To let's go to fucking Mexico. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> let's go. Uh, so, somehow, the party song of the album just generated the deepest conversation that we've right? had so far. <laughs> Who knows Seriously. how that happened. <laughs> but, okay, that's Viva La Mexico. Uh, song number 10 is Only Money. And it's, it's this is like an easy listening soft rock ballad, I would say. Mm-hmm. And that the verses, I think, have really good storytelling. And I I think Jeremy's voice, all, like, 
traditionally does a really great job of making you feel something. Agreed. And he, he's always just been been really good at that. Um, and I, I did think the story, you know, it, it was emotional and it, it was good storytelling. I felt like, I, I don't know, like I felt a little bit weird listening to this song in contradiction to Fuck You Money. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> Uh, like it just feels a little too spot on, like contradictory. Yeah. But literally, I was yeah. Might have been on um, purpose. Who knows? It was an interesting choice. I do like this song, but like in comparison to "Fuck Your Money," like is this a storytelling album? Like "Fuck Your Money" is when they're young and they're starting out, and they're like "Fuck you, I'm gonna get a ton of money, I'm gonna have my own life," and then this is them and later in their career when they realize like, oh, it's, it's only money. money. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. Um. I, I thought it was, I, I always get a lot of feels when songs are very super personal, like when he's talking about my, like, my wife and our daughter and blah, blah, mm. blah, and all that kind of stuff. Um, but to be completely honest, if I wasn't listening to the album cover to cover, I'm probably not going back to it. Like, it's a good song, but, like, I'm not yeah. going to seek it out. Me either, but I feel like that's okay. Like, yeah, no, there's meant, their song's song meant to be like that. Yeah. Yeah, and I think, you know, if if I uh, if it were to pop up, I wouldn't skip it. Because, like, I, originally I was a little yeah. bit meh about the song until I actually read the lyrics. Because then all the fucking tears. Like you said, Brie, <laughs> like, there was that kind of personal touch like you know his mom called about his grandma and you know like I'm about to get real deep so strap in like (laughs) I don't know if I'm just in this really existential moment in my life um you know trying to really accept that I'm just gonna spend most of my time working for another 40 years or so but you know I think these songs are really hitting home with this whole idea of like what are we living life for um, and like the song says, it's definitely not money, you know, money's for survival, but what is for living? Like, you know, family's family till the end. And, um, you know, when our time comes, we're not going to be thinking about our money. We're going to be hoping someone's carrying our casket, right? Um, Ooh, <laughs> full circle, Michelle. Um, you know, uh, yeah, cause you know, it's only money and we're going to be thinking about family and friends and memories and you know, that, that th- this song really hit home with that message for me in this kind of weird moment in my life so you know there you go that's another existential spiel from me today <laughs> you're welcome you're welcome <laughs> uh that's what i add to this podcast guys well-timed sassy comments <laughs> uh, we'd be nowhere without it brie yeah well thanks you degenerates uh, <laughs> uh so the next song on the album is Degenerates. Uh, the opening line from that song is, All my friends are degenerates, but I'd never change them. Me. <laughs> LOL, same bro. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's, that's like, literally, I was just thinking, I'm like, this is, this should be our theme song, the three of us. Just like, <laughs> yes. we're all just my like, My friends are degenerates. <laughs> oh, God, so good. Uh, the clapping in the chorus is so good. Loved it. Um, I really like this song. I, the breakdown referencing the brick was a nice touch. I liked the full circle moment. Mm. Um, I, I mean, I can just picture being in a crowd. This is a song where I picture myself in the crowd and they just hold out the mic for the chorus because, like, that yes. is, I can hear the gang vocals in my brain and I want it. And the I whole need- crowd singing it? Totally. Oh, nom, nom, nom. I want it. Yeah. Um, so for me, I fucking love this song. Like you said, Brie, I loved 
that um, callback to Brick Wall. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, there's been a few of those callbacks earlier in the album. It, like, I think it was either Looks Like Hell or Viva La Mexico that has a callback to Resentment. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like, I, I thought that was cool. I really do think that this album has done a very, despite musically being very diverse all over the place um i think narratively it's very much tied in together um and yeah i I mean i I love it everything about this is fantastic it's probably the most pop punkish song on the album you know because the the heavier songs are a little bit more you know metal and and then you know we've got the weird pop indie music stuff but this one's just pop punk banger through and through yes i totally agree (laughs) and um it was I feel like this is one of the ones that it has something for everybody, you know, like for those for those people that want all the day to remember, for people that want them to expand their horizons and grow and whatever. I feel like this song has something for everyone and it was just a jam. Like it's this is just a jam. This I think was their fir- the first single they released off of. Right? I believe so. So this was released like almost 2 years ago. Like this was released yeah. in November or uh when was it in 2019 sometime in 2019 so like it's it's been out there for a while and i've been you know it's it's one that i've definitely been listening to and it's been on my playlist for a while so hearing it in the context of the album um is really interesting because i think when this single came out i didn't know all of the crazy changes and and different things that were gonna be happening with this album but i like it so track number 12 um we're almost there at the end uh is permanent and this is another one of those heavier songs on the album and very much a day to remember vibes like the screaming bridge gritty guitars and vocals and um narratively it's just another one that is fitting with this existential crisis i'm Mm -hmm. having because the future does freak me out and I don't think I'm doing well, you guys. <laughs> no, <laughs> yeah, I'm joking. But, but my mental health has definitely taken a toll this past year. And I'm not going to lie. I legitimately, in part, attribute it to a lack of concerts because music is absolutely therapy. And, you know, being able to experience songs like Permanent in a crowd of other people who can relate to it just as much as you makes you feel not so alone and you know i think more capable of working through your shit like the fucking serotonin that flows through my veins after a concert is just so powerful and sustains me from concert to concert like i'm definitely always in a better mindset having been to a concert and like it's for songs like these like permanent just ah yeah it's just it like you know brie you you were thinking digit like degenerates like those singing like i can just imagine being in the crowd for permanent same yeah for sure i think um for this song the bridge just really did it for me like the first half of the song the first half of the song was almost like a little bit one note for me i don't know if it's because it's so late in the album and i maybe was getting a little bit of fatigue at this point but like i don't i don't really know what it was but the first half of the song was like a little like one note for me and then the bridge everyone this is why we add bridges to pop punk songs (laughs) take note like it just completely turned the song around for me like when the heavy bridge just like kept building up and it was just so well done i replayed the song just so i could wait for the bridge to come again and like 
the that moment was just like so perfectly done like perfectly executed um and the yeah the lyrics are you know i think sometimes you sometimes like what you need to hear and like i definitely also related to a lot of it and it's catchy and it's singable and you know singing about something that's also meaningful is you know a pretty good feeling and singing it in a crowd is even better but one day uh so i completely agree with everything you guys said um again just like the last song of being like lol me too bro uh the future freaks me out yeah same <laughs> yeah, also yeah, also too. conspiracy theory part like seven thousand. uh this came out in 2019 future <laughs> freaks me out they fucking knew um anyways <laughs> Um, the woe in the background of the verses was also really nice little, like, extra layer of, uh, you know, uh, interest, if you will. Um, the, the breakdown, though. Like, the song is, is the end-all be-all is the breakdown. And listening to it, it reminded me, like, the, the way it progressively gets more into his screaming voice. And then the final, oh, like... In my head, I heard disrespect your surroundings and like that breakdown. <laughs> like, that is almost like, oh my god, I need to punch something, even though I probably would never. Uh, but yes, it was, oh, it was so good. I, yeah, it was words that words are escaping me. That's how good it is. <laughs> Onward. Uh, next song is Re Entry. So, so for this one, I'm going to take you on a journey. And by take you on a journey, I mean I'm going to take you through my stream of consciousness that was listening <laughs> to this song. You're not going to paint us a picture like Michelle? I mean, it's close. You'll see okay, the inner workings of my brain. Um, <laughs> the opening music of this song reminds me of something that Paramore would do. Like the opening, the opening uh, guitar riffs and stuff. Um... This album definitely reads like a story where he realizing that the rock star life isn't all it's cracked up to be. And then I, and as I wrote that, I looked down at Spotify and saw the fucking album cover. And I'm like, oh my fucking God, it's a fucking Wizard of Oz, like play on words. Like, (laughs) I'm so fucking stupid and I'm so goddamn mad that it didn't click earlier. Uh, so that was a fun experience, but, um... Yeah, I, I liked I liked this song. I'm going to be completely honest. I just got so fucking angry that it took me that long to realize what was happening. I don't even really remember the song. I remember I liked it, but that's about it. I mean, I didn't make the Wizard of Oz connection, but I, I can see that now. Um, yeah, so I didn't make you're, that You're not alone. Oh, yeah. I, was, I was like, oh my god, they're going to make fun of me. Like, you know. No, yeah. no you're good. Um, but yeah, no, I, I like this song too. I, like, I, like, first of all, to start off at the beginning, um, I don't know what that pinball machine sounding audio yeah. was in the intro but i, I was dug here it. For it oh i was gonna say I'm like it, i liked it yeah i i was here for it like it perked my ears up and really brought me into the song like i don't really have a bad thing to say about this song except it, maybe it's a little typical pop punk pop rock type music but i yeah. i don't hate that here because with the variety on this album i think some stability and expectations worked mm-hmm. out for me like you know um and this is uh just another one on this album i think that hit narratively for me more than anything more than musically like i mean has anything ever been so relatable as a three-piece suits like a three-piece cage the cubicle of our modern age that feels so foreign alien like me breaking through this re-entry anxiety two-week decompression then i get that ish gotta pack it up and start again like 
uh, I ran away to California, guys. <laughs> like, <laughs> yep. <laughs> That's, this is me. <laughs> yeah, I think um, that was a really good point you made about, like, having some stability at this point in the album. So this was another one of the songs where I wasn't actually, like, a huge fan of the chorus because it was just yeah. so repetitive. Yeah. But it, so that makes me think, you know, I may not love this song individually, like, listening to it by itself, but mm-hmm. as part of this album, I think it does make sense, and it's placed well, and it, I mean, it's a good song, it just, there were parts that I didn't, like, love the repetitiveness of the chorus, yeah. but I, I think the pre-choruses and the bridge-ish thing kind of made up for it a little bit and spiced it up, so, um, yeah, probably not my favorite, but I still like it, it's a good song. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's solid. That's why I think I didn't remember much of it. Like, I kind of hit play while you guys were talking and, like, listened to it a little bit. And, it, I mean, it's it's fine. It, it's also it's, a really long album. 14 songs is a pretty long album. Bro, so yeah. it's, the fatigue I mean, was if there's real. Not, yeah, I think if there's not something totally unique about it and different and, you know, things like that, it's a little bit harder to decipher, you know, when you're listening to an album this long back to back. This That's was interesting because, also... you know, I, I, I often feel fatigue in albums, and you guys know that, but I, I didn't actually feel fatigue. And maybe it's because instead of, you know, and I think it's, you know, we, we, we talked about it in our one-year anniversary episode, Kelly, like, you know, you've, you've kind of become a little bit more of a critical thinker when it comes to these songs, and, like, you, mm-hmm. you, you when you hear a new song, you analyze it. I listen to this album a couple of times without trying to take any notes and listening to it all the way through a few times before actually sitting down to write out my feelings I think helped with that fatigue and um and and I think that's the thing is you know if you just feel the music maybe it it, kind of changes your perception versus like thinking about what's going on here that makes sense maybe I should try doing that because I I usually try to just sit down and one sh- one or two shot it, and I listen to it straight through and take like an hour. And by the end, I'm just like, it's it, it's good. Yeah, <laughs> that's a good. No, song. I <laughs> yeah, I was listening to it like in the car a few times because um, I was driving like back and forth um, to work, and uh, yeah, so that was kind of where I listened to it first. Thank you, Michelle, for that helpful tip. You're welcome. There you go. <laughs> Set it up to <laughs> knock it down. Uh, all right. Well, fatigued or not, we are at the last song of the album. It's called Everything We Need. And it's another kind of um, acoustic ballad to, to close us out. There's some pretty nice vocal harmonies, again, like kind of the, the overlapping um, of Jeremy's voice. And there's like a, a boom boom clap type thing. And I don't mm-hmm. know if it's actually like a boom and a clap, but the sound. A boom sounds... boom clap like Hannah Montana. Well, I was boom, literally boom, just going to say, like, a boom clap made it oh, I went feel a little bit of, like, country-influenced, which was it, – it, I it, I don't know if it was the boom clap or, like, other elements that made it feel that way to me, but it felt like it, it had, like, a bit, of, a bit of country influence. And I thought it was overall a pretty good song. It was a good closing, um, closing song. And, you know, I, I just kind of was using this song – I think to reflect on the whole album that we just listened to and, you know, maybe in the, the expectations, I think that we had that people have and 
maybe this album didn't give everyone what they wanted, but maybe it gave people things that they need. And I feel mm-hmm. like that happened for us. Yeah. Like just this conversation about Viva La Mexico. Like who yeah. who knew that I needed that? But like I needed it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um. So we we this was a single, right? And we talked about it, right? Yeah, we did talk about it because I was but I was okay. gonna mention about really? it. Really? All right. Yeah. Because yeah, did. I didn't. I didn't remember talking about it. So when I first heard oh, the song on my first listen through, I was like, oh, hello, this song. And, you know, it could be that I felt like a main character in a movie again because I was actually driving <laughs> on the interstate when the song started. Oh, my God. Um, perfect. But I was just feeling this, despite, as we all know, ballady type shit makes me want to gag. Um, but, I, you know, I was already told from the beginning, but then the gang vocals and the chorus kicked in and ugh, right to the heart. And, you know, I'll say that the bridges have been killer in this album just because you know they've they've been the perfect build up to the ends of the songs and um you know this one's no different um and you know i asked last week in our throwback track by track of hawthorne heights if only you were lonely like who the fuck ends an album on a ballad but everyone (laughs) i think it worked here because i went through a lot of emotional turmoil throughout so i needed something to kind of finish crushing my soul at I and I say that in a good way but like I I think I needed like kind of something to chill to kind of let me contemplate what this album did to my mental health (laughs) so on the note of who ends on a ballad I completely forgot you making that comment but like uh was it homesick I'm blanking on the name of the album the one that ended with um the fucking music video I made in college. Oh, if it means, it means a lot to you. Yeah, that was the last song on that album. Uh, Basement Noise wasn't a ballad, but at the same time, uh, Basement Noise was a, like a definitely more somber song, and that ended uh, Wake Up Sunshine. Hmm. Just saying. Uh, also, I swear that none of us liked this song when we first heard it, because... That probably makes sense. Yeah, I because, honestly don't remember. That's so awful. I don't remember. <laughs> I feel like we did because I remember listening to it, being like, "Oh no, it's this song." And then I remember, like, being annoyed. But then I'm also like, you know what? In the context of the album, it makes sense that it's last because it was a nice closure to a very hectic, very sporadic musically album. Yeah, it's kind of yeah. That was back. that's the word I think I was looking for a brief closure. It's yes. a good closure song. And I think you're right. I think I I think I was blah about this song, to be honest. I think I didn't really care for it. But, like, yeah. I think you, what you said, in the context of the album, just so much better. Yeah. Um, the one thing I did have, <laughs> this is so stupid because everyone knows this fact, and I knew this fact, but I kind of forgot about it. Uh, in the, the, the realization I made was that when they were singing about being on I-75, I'm like, why does I-75 sound so familiar? And I'm like, oh, we take I-75 to get to Tampa. And I'm like, fuck. They're from Florida, aren't they? Yep, they are. Just completely <laughs> forgot that whole fact that they're from Florida. And I should be more <laughs> excited about it. So, uh, on next week's episode, uh, we interview a band. Be Look forward to that. Uh, one of the members was like, yeah, they're from Florida. How'd you think about the album? I'm like, I forgot they were from Florida. And I felt really <laughs> dumb. Um... I, I still don't think I'm going to listen to this song outside the context of the album or it coming up on a, you know, playlist, but I definitely like it better than I did when we first listened to it. Um, it was fine. You know, it's fine. I feel like a lot of these songs are growers. Yeah. 
I agree. So that's that it. It, we did it. We did it. That's the end of the album. And so time to grade it, <laughs> which is going to be interesting. Um, I don't so know. Honestly, honestly. while uh, my expectations for this album were on the floor, so it, it was pretty easy to exceed expectations. It absolutely exceeded my expectations because honestly, like some of the singles that I, I didn't like, I. Uh, I, I think I must have been having some weird dissonance with them outside the context of the album because the only single I don't like at the end of this album is still Brick Wall. Yeah. Because, um, like you said, I might not listen to those songs outside of the album, but I don't dislike them. And, you know, so I, I, I think it was um, quite good. Like, yes, it was definitely all over the place musically, but lyrically it was on point. And I related so hard to a lot of this. Like Kelly said, you know, it was everything we need. Um, you know, and maybe as an uh, as individual songs, they don't work. But as an album overall, as a as a, a whole narrative, it works. And I, I I dug it. So I gave it a B. Wow. Yeah. Okay. So I have recently come to the thought process of bands have lately as of late uh haven't been the greatest at picking out singles so i had better expectations for them because in my head i'm like these like i maybe it's just the optimist in me but i'm like these are gonna be the worst songs on the album this album better be fucking amazing and while it's not fucking amazing it's it slaps like it's not it's it's pretty good but if you are going into this album thinking you are getting an old school a day to remember album you will be severely disappointed you cut a lot of the songs you have to mentally remove a day to remember from the equation and just appreciate it for the songs that they are um some i could make the distinction on some i couldn't get over it like people in mexico i almost said me in mexico too people in mexico <laughs> like i can't I can't remove the fact that this that's an A Day to Remember song and how did they sing that versus, like, some of the other songs where it's not the normal them, but I still love it. Um, personally, I was never... Like, I love A Day to Remember um, and I definitely liked songs off of different albums, but completely honest, the last time I, like, really hardcore listen to them was what separates me from you and that was you know a decade ago Mm -hmm. so I think that they have evolved a lot and sometimes for the better sometimes not so much I think there were enough of the glimpses of old a day to remember that it's not a bad album it's actually pretty good it like just kept me hanging on for that The, the, the sad part is though like immediately after i finished listening to this album i went on this like deep dive of old a day to remember and made slayton listen to it all because he didn't understand that like what they normally sound like he's like i thought it was pretty good and i'm like but they're old stuff and he kind of agreed he was like yeah they're not the same but it's not bad and i'm like you know what that is very true and I, I had to kind of keep reminding myself of that. So overall, I gave it a C plus. It's not a bad album, but it's not spectacular. So I had a little bit of a different take on the on the singles. Like you you said they like picked the like you know, we, we when they came out, we didn't really like a lot of the singles, I feel yeah. like. But 
honestly, looking back on on it in this moment, I think it was really smart of them to release the singles that they did because it let people have some time with those songs and to sit with the fact that this isn't going to be the album that they maybe want it to be or expect it to be. I feel like if they released, um, if they released last, last chance to dance as a, as a single, that's actually very true. uh, People would go into this being like what the actual hell is this thing like what is this album this is not what you told us this was gonna be you know like if they released all of those all of the songs that you know were typical a day to remember and had their you know their roots kind of really embedded in the song like I feel like people would have had such an even more like intense reaction to their evolution I think they were actually really smart to release them when they did and maybe as singles they didn't get as much love for them but like i think now it makes it makes me appreciate that they released them as singles because it helped me i think be more open-minded during this whole process because going into it like yeah your expectations are low but like it's also you know you kind of know that it isn't gonna be what you expect like you you just kind of don't know and i think having that you know varied feel in the um in the singles kind of helped with that but i think there's a real a lot of really good songs on this album there's a couple okay songs and there's like one or two that aren't for me so that said i would probably i think i might be like right in between you guys so i would probably go b minus so then it's probably a b B minus yeah i i can get down with that yeah so it's a pretty good album and you know i think Aside from everything we said, I think most of all, what's really, I, I mean, and just from our conversation, I guess, you know, if you sit down and like think about this album, it's it's definitely a, a conversation starter. There's there's a lot yeah. to it that a lot to unpack. Can, yeah, a lot to unpack for sure. So B minus, you're welcome <laughs> to you're your data remember. You are welcome. <laughs> I feel like a um, B minus doesn't sound very good, but it actually like I. I, I think, would say this is like a decent album. Like I think yeah. people should give it a shot. Like absolutely, good. I think, and and I think you need to give it a shot with an open mind. Yeah, and yes. I think you need to listen to it multiple times because the first mm-hmm. time I listened to this album all the way through, half of the songs I was like, "What the fuck?" I was just confused. Like I had a lot of confusion. <laughs> yeah, I know. Literally, my my reaction was, "What the fuck?" But like as i listened to it more the songs grew on me i i I changed my mindset on it so it's definitely a song uh, an album that needs uh uh some time with for sure i mean to give it to get the b minus context what did we give mgk like a c something and i have listened to that album since not completely through specific songs basically the first half and then the second half can be lit on fire for all i care um (laughs) and I'm surprised that this came out higher, to be quite honest, but I think that's a testament to being able to, you know, re-listen to stuff and give things a second chance. Like, if I can give MGK a second chance, you best believe I'm going to give this a second, third, fourth, fifth listen through. So it's all about keeping that open mind. For sure. Well, thank you all for joining us. This is your turn where you can say you're welcome to us. (laughs) Um... But give us a follow on Facebook and Instagram at the Mosh Pit Pod. You know, tell us what you thought about the album. We'd love to hear your thoughts because I've definitely seen hot, like super hot steaming takes and super cold anti 
you know, whatever. Anyways, find us there. And until next time, hashtag Mashon. <laughs>